Hello, welcome Hello. to the Aussie and Fancy Breakdown. I am, whoa, can't really angle. Um, I'm Laura Fancy Sanko, Megan. Hello. Aussie Anderson. And we, man, we've got some stuff to talk about. St. Petersburg, Russia. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Man. Roxanne. Roxanne Medovich. She is like she is so underrated, and she is yeah. always. And I'm guilty of doing it sometimes. Yeah, and she is always counted out. But I feel like that was a classic like experience. Like 100%. Her, her experience won her that fight. And I think she doesn't maybe get enough credit for her chin. Yeah, she's been hit pretty fucking yeah. hard for her toughness yeah. and her chin. Because really, it was just her ability to walk through some of those shots and kicks, yeah. and just kind of like get in there. And then, man, she is strong yeah. on the ground. Those tosses and, like, she, man, she shows some really, really... I mean, we all knew she was going on the ground, but she's really, yeah. really, really happy. And her. I think, like, she's really come a long way in, like, her strength. Yeah. Like, from her earlier fights since dropping to 125 to mm -hmm. now, like, she is so, like, her grip strength is yep. insane. And I think it makes it hard to you know, gr grapple with her and try to get her off you in those positions because she's so physically strong and positionally strong she's in just those been doing areas. It, and she's been doing it for so long that the muscle memory is so deeply ingrained. Yeah. Anybody is going to have a tough time with her on the yeah. ground. And when she, when she, between rounds, I I love John Wood so much. <laughs> like I want, John, I want John Wood to be my corner in life. And like, he speaks to her so sweetly. And every fighter is different, obviously. Yeah. Some needs to be some need to be yelled at. Some need to be like, "You're doing great, rah rah." Some need to be babies a little bit. And yeah. it was just so sweet between yeah. him and Mike Pyle. I'm like, aw. <laughs> anyway, Gosh. she did great. It was great. Uh, spinning heel kick. Yeah. To the butt. Was it to the? Was it to the body or the head? Like it was like weirdly like I didn't. Was it the chest or the face? Like, I think it kind of hit a bit of both. The décolletage? Yeah. <laughs> this area. The, the décolletage <laughs> area. Uh, I would pronounce his name, but I, I suck at pronouncing the Russian name, so I'm just going to let that one go. It was, it, was, it was an underrated card. I actually thought the fights were pretty, yeah. were pretty entertaining. I think it was very underrated considering, like, there is not a lot of people, like, well-known people on it. Yep. And an interesting stat, if Alistair Overeem wasn't on the fight, it would have been the most, like, the, the most underpaid really? card ever? ever. Oh, wow. Like, the entire card... Combined didn't even match Overeem's purse, apparently. Oh boy, that's wow. what I seen on the Twitter verse. Well, well, that's stat for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mahachev, Islam Mahachev. Yes, and Armin. What a man! Like Mahachev is a prospect. Yes. A very, very well touted prospect. Yeah. Prospect. Prostate. Prostate. <laughs> He is. He has a a prostate. He has a prostate. He has a prostate. He's a man. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> I identify as a woman. <laughs> um, but obviously, we spoke about that last week. Yeah. Coming from Khabib's camp, 
Uh, man, did Saruqian look great? Yes, like particularly for his debut, Not and I think lead. it really, it really put him in good stead. If you're like, gonna lose, fight. that yeah. was that was a way to lose. Such that was a high-paced fight. Which man, that shit's exhausting. And the scrambles and the reversals and the so God, the wrestling, so technical. And they did not get tired. The pace was, I mean, the pace was awesome. I was, was going to make an EPO reference. Oh. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, main event. Okay, let me just say that Alexio Linux, my favorite, not my favorite. What I've, I've seen, like, a there million different fucking versions of how to spell his last name. I know. It's all over the place. I'm like, which one is it, it's guys? It's all over the place. Make your mind up. Even his first name, I feel like it's spelled different depending on where you're looking. But um, there were moments where I thought, oh, my God, he might knock Overeem out. I feel like Overeem, is, he's changed so much recently, and he's become way more patient, and he's yep. way more technical, and... Those knees, man. You no, no thanks. Knees, knees of death. <laughs> knees of death. That is his twenty-third TKO, if you're counting, which I'm sure he is. Maybe he's not. He's probably not at this point, actually. I know that was his tenth win in the UFC. Yeah. That was his forty-fifth career win. What? Uh, that was his fourth first-round finish in the UFC, but he has lots before. The Reemster. The Reemster. I know. So many fights. It like blows my mind that he is still at the top after all this time. Like all the, it's It like, is pretty amazing. It's been 20 years. It is pretty amazing. And I'm not throwing shade his way. I just I have to say this because I read it and it was so funny. But someone posted something. It was like, you can lead a horse to water, but Alistair Overeem will still eat it. <laughs> And I did. I had the same reaction. I died so sorry. It's my new favorite. Awesome. It is awesome. Anyway, <sighs> anyway, on onward and upward, we are moving on to Florida. The Sunshine State. The Sunshine State down in Saint. Supposed to be Tampa. Lauderdale. Lauderdale. Yeah. Lauderdale. 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 Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and for this one, we decided we're just gonna pick fights we like. To yeah, talk about. we 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 picked the main event, of course. Yep. Um, we decided not to go with the co-main just because we kind of there wasn't a lot to talk not a about. Not breakdown. In that co-main event, particularly since Greg Hardy last fight, like we kind of discussed the controversy already after mm -hmm. that finish. So I feel like let's pick some really, in my opinion, could all three of these yes. could potentially be fight of the nights. Agree. So we're going to start off in the bantamweight division. Still on the main card, we have a such an interesting bout between John Lanaka and Corey Sanhagen. And if y'all don't know who Corey Sanhagen is, it's because he only started in January, but you need to look him up because, hi, I'm Corey Sanhagen. I have no ligaments and I feel no pain. <laughs> that's, that's the story. If you... It's <laughs> fight. Sorry. Yes. So, uh, Lanika, the hands, hands of stone, man. He... Well, they don't call him hands of stone for nothing. <laughs> is, wow... Power in 
literally everything he throws. He's finished seven of his 12 UFC wins, six by TKO or KO, three in the first round. Uh, however, he hasn't really fought very much in recent years. He, yeah. he fought four times in 2016, and he's only fought once in 2017 and once in 2018. Enter Corey Sanhagen, uh, another Elevation Fight Team member. They kind of they kind of seem like they're on a yeah, tear at the they moment. Are. They are. Man, he uh, he's 3-0 in the UFC. He's in a five-fight win streak. He's finished seven of his ten wins. So I don't see this fight going the distance. No, he's finished all of his fights. In he's the he, crazy. I remember his fight, who was it against? Al uh, Ayuri Alcantara. If you <laughs> don't know who Corey Sanhagen is, I suggest yeah. you go back and watch that fight. I'm pretty sure that was UFC Lincoln. And that was... Yeah, it was Gaethje... Gaethje... Barbosa? No. No, that was his last fight. It was it Gaethje was... someone. Gaethje Vic. Yes. Uh, and... <laughs> Pop-up notes. Yeah. Had himself in, like, a triangle armbar mm -hmm. for literally, I would say, two minutes. Oh, and his elbow was so obviously out of its joint. I El mean, it was, Elbows don't bend his... that way. This part of his elbow was up here, and he was getting hammer fisted, so his face was bloodied up. I mean, one of the worst spots you can be in in a fight, really. Fought out of it, <laughs> and then proceeded to beat the shit out of his opponent for the next three minutes. Don't know how the ref didn't stop the fight. He still made the second round. Still, like, still he made. Picked, he picked up where he left off. He picked up where he <laughs> left off, and I, I remember because yeah. I was there for that fight, and we were all just like, "How the fuck is this fight still being allowed to go on?" I've seen I've seen refs stop fights for less, even like way less. less. But even when the fighter doesn't verbally or tap, when the elbow pops out, I've seen refs. Stop fights, which I totally disagree with because if you're a tough son of a bitch and you can ha handle your arm popping out of socket and let it pop right back in, this is a perfect example of why. Yes. <laughs> he is also on my list of tough as fuck fighters along with Paul Felder yep. and uh, Gaethje and uh, your, your Aussie boy. Why am I forgetting his name? God dang it. It's on the tip of my tongue. It'll come to me in a second. Pop Barboza. Got the shit kicked out of him, but it was Oh, like, Dan Hooker. Thank you. He's at uh, New Zealand. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. And Zach. I He's just, a Kiwi. I lump you all together. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to say about John Lineker. Yes. Uh, is it Lineker or Lineker? I, I always say it wrong. This is the one I name that's stuck in my brain incorrectly, so you're probably saying it right. Well, I hear it differently every time. I think it's Lineker. I don't know. Don't call. Don't ask me on this one, because this is the one I always mess Jay up. Dizzle. Jay Dizzle. Get it done. One of my favorite stats about him is he is one of only five fighters in UFC history with three or more knockdowns in, against more than one opponent. And the, all the other guys, I'll list them for you, Adesanya, Cerrone, McGregor, and Anderson Silva. That is the company he it's keeps. It's a pretty great And they're all way bigger than he is. Of course they're knocking down their opponents. Uh, a lot of his early fights in the UFC were at 125, and he missed weight a lot. 
True. So there was a sizable, sizable difference between him and his post. So he should be knocking people down when he's an overweight flyweight. Yes. Not making weight. Well, it's hard to be 5'3 and fighting someone in Corey Sandhagen who is 5'11. But he has. He fought uh, well, you're Marlon Vera. Yeah, Marlon Vera. He was 5'10, 5'9, 5'10. So, yeah. and man, what Lineker does, Lineker, Jay Dizzle, <laughs> does so phenomenally well is he has a chin of yeah. steel. He can take a lot, a lot of punishment. He walks you down, and what we're starting to find, particularly in his last few fights, he's being way more patient. Mm -hmm. So his cardio is lasting longer because what he tended to do was kind of go balls to the wall, throw the kitchen sink and everything in between at you early, and he would kind of slow down considerably, and that's how you know, people like TJ beat him. Yeah. They, they, used, they used that against him. They, they initiated the up-down cardio. But what we're finding is he's, he's a lot more patient. He's picking shots. He's got a phenomenal leg kick. Mm -hmm. and he goes to the calf really well. And he does, this, he does this combination that you know is coming, but you can't stop. He attacks the body first, yeah. and he makes you drop your hands, and then he will then come up with a vicious left hook. And that's where a lot of his, drop, his knockdowns come from. And like you say, it works very well on taller opponents to start at the body, kind of chop them down, get their guard down. But you know, Sandhagen... Look at that Kelleher fight. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, I know. Poor dude. R.I.P. <laughs> Sandhagen, Sandhagen, man, he's got that like supremely confident style of striking where he's willing, and it works to his benefit, to keep his hands low because his footwork and his movement does such a good job for him. Yeah. It worries me a little bit, but it always worries me a little bit with every fighter that does that, and yeah. most of them do it pretty well. Yeah. So it's not that, that it's not that my worry is necessarily justified, but it's a tricky fight to do that against. Yeah, and I think the problem with Lin and Jay Diesel, the problem with John is you have to make him respect the power to stop his forward pressure, and no one has been able to do that. Yeah. Like, even uh, even TJ, he has a, he's lost to TJ. TJ didn't make him respect the power. He just, like, constantly initiated the up-down cardio and forced him to essentially grapple and was just one step behind John. Here we go. Please, I have the official audio do. file from the UFC. Hold on, let me get it close enough where I can pick it up. John Lineker. 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 John Lineker. Lineker. John Lineker. I'm just going to say John Lineker. 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 Done. <laughs> Sorry. I can stop calling him Jay Dizzle. John. <laughs> I can stop calling him Jay Dizzle. But, uh, so that with those pressure fighters, you have, you have to stop the forward pressure, and you have to do that with the danger factor. But Lineker's chin is so good that... No one has been able to stop that forward pressure. Even in the fights that he loses, he's still walking forward and he's still pressuring. But TJ beat him with cardio. Cardio and some other stuff, but mostly cardio. Too soon? Just, and <laughs> angles. Yes. A lot of angles. And high volume. And high volume. Which Corey Sanhagen yes. has some really nice angles, 
some insanely high volume, 8.89 strikes so a minute. He's so creative. Jeez. Calm down. He's so creative. And he has 100% takedown accuracy. And he has a 64% takedown defense. Yep. So that's actually that's pretty good. And he only absorbs 2.7 strikes per minute, whereas uh, Lineker absorbs 3.95 yeah. per minute, so with a 56%. Both of these guys are just very accurate in their striking, very defensively sound. Yep. At the end of the day, this is a huge step up in competition for Sanhagen, but a huge opportunity. Oh, yeah. And he's very well aware of that. I mean, he talked about how he's very thankful to have a full camp this time yeah and said that he's you know been working really hard to make the adjustments because for him he's never fought anybody this short before and you think of the taller fighter as always having the advantages and that's not necessarily true there are advantages to having all that size and weight in a much more compact frame hands of stone hands of stone <laughs> lower center of gravity all that good stuff yes you wouldn't know anything about that no <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. Go, I'm. I'm just gonna go with Corey Sanhagen. Let's go for the underdog. Love it. The up and comer. Love it. Uh, and then we're gonna hop on up to the welterweight division, and we have Alex Oliveira right, taking on yes. Platinum Mike Perry. Man, I'm. This is gonna be a fun fight. Yeah. This is gonna be a fun fight. Uh, congratulations to Mike Perry who just yes. got married yes. to Miss Plat Mrs. Platinum. Yeah. Ooh, that's kind of fun. That is, yeah. yeah. I, I would own that if I were her. I like her a lot. I've only met her a couple times, but she seems really nice. Yes. Uh, and if you're a Game of Thrones fan, how much does he look like Carl Drogo, and how much does she look like Daenerys? You have to go all the way back to season two, but they need to do that for Halloween. <laughs> anyway, back anyway. on track. Back on track. Uh, Alex Oliver, man, he has... The highest striking accuracy in the history of the welterweight division. And we're talking about history from a guy who has been in the UFC a very long time. So sometimes, like, sometimes when we're rattling off these statistics, some of them are more meaningful than others based on the competition that that person has compiled that stat against or how many fights that statistic, that percentage, whatever, is drawing from. Yeah. And for Oliveira, his stats are so relevant because he's been in the UFC forever and he's had a ton of fights. So when you say something like, he has the stri highest striking accuracy in welterweight history, that's impressive. That's considering, amazing. Considering the, the people that he has fought. Yes. Yes, exactly. Considering the people he has fought and considering the history of the entire division. That is a crazy statistic. The fourth highest knockdown rate among welterweights, though, give that to Mike Perry. Got old MP. I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I, I have no idea how this is going to play out. But Mike Perry does get drawn into a brawl pretty easily. Cowboy's not afraid of a ball, a, a ball, a brawl. Oh, I feel like he should seek help if he's afraid of balls. Yes, that <laughs> would be a weird phobia. <laughs> Very weird phobia. For some awkward situations. Too. Yes, but uh, man, I, I don't. Again, another fight that I don't see this going the distance. We have Oliveira, who's finished seven of his nine UFC wins, two in the first round, three by submission. So he has the ability to finish this fight anywhere. Yeah. Mike Perry has finished eleven of his twelve UFC wins, seven in the first round, and man, uh, I think technically Oliveira brings a lot more variety of skill set 
to the table, but my and whereas Mike is a little bit, he hasn't got the finer details of a lot of things, but man, he is so explosive, he's so athletic, and that is what has got him so far. He's incredibly powerful, and in the pocket, man, he is just... Those elbows off the break, man. Oof. I don't want to get hit by one of them. And if I was Alex Oliveira, I would Alex. be like, God, help, forget balls, I'd be afraid of elbows. He lost his last fight via... Gunnar Nelson. Attempted brain surgery by Gunnar Nelson. <laughs> that was... Elbow to forehead. I think he had like 29, I wrote it at 29 stitches. Right down the melon. Um, I think, Megan, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I think that uh, it would be smart for Oliveira to take it to the mat. Yeah, I mean, he obviously has the more skills there. Uh, although, Parrot, you can't really say, oh, he doesn't have a ground game like the people that he's fought, like Cerrone is. Very underrated yeah, very, on the ground. Yeah. But uh But Cerrone set that path to victory. I mean I think that yeah. that would be that could be potentially be one that would yeah. Oliver would want to follow. And there is a huge, huge reach. Oh that's right, right. I forgot we, about that. It which five and a half inches I Man, think. uh Oliveira, again, so explosive, also has a phenomenal amount of power. He has got Good, good kicks, and mm -hmm. he uses them very well. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to uh, attack the body, slow Mike Perry down a little yeah. bit. But uh, man, this is this is a pick and fight. He's like fast switch muscle. Mike Perry is power. Yeah, and the problem with Oliveira is in those positions, like on the ground, like half guard, and those those positions where he he's forced to technically get up because he uses power and explosiveness and athleticism in everything he does, it mm -hmm. does tire him out. Not completely, but yeah. it tends to, once they, if they end up standing up again, his output lowers. I'm glad I don't have to pick. I just know that it's not going to go to the judges because basically Alex Oliveira just refuses to do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I think is gonna get this one. I can see that. Um, Regardless, the fans win. Yeah, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Mike Perry knocked him out. Yeah, that's the thing. The problem with Mike is, like, he hasn't learned that you don't have to throw power with everything. So he tries to load up on huge punches, and he telegraphs mm -hmm. everything so he's easily able to get counted whereas I think if he set things up a little bit more uh, with feints mm -hmm. and not throwing like thousand percent in everything he does I think he would have a lot more success because he tries to force the knockout yeah. and like you can't, uh, when you go against these top level guys like you can't force it you can't force something like that you have to let it come organically his fight iq bites him in the ass a little bit and i'm sure that his yeah he tried to, he took cowboy serrani down <laughs> exactly uh and i'm sure that he has the fight iq it's having the fight iq during the fight yeah that is the tricky part so yeah and he's not training at jackson wink anymore i don't think so i think he's training somewhere else so 
Fuck, I'm gonna go with Oliveira. All right. Main event. Moving on to our main event, we have uh, Jacare uh, Ronaldo Souza. Is it? Do they pronounce R's? No, Ronaldo. Uh, versus the Joker, Jack Hermanson, who just fought a few weeks ago. Literally. <laughs> just fought a few weeks ago. He's uh, coming off that beautiful, beautiful guillotine over David Branch, who was is a Hanzo Gracie black belt. Yes, that was... Which, muy, big, muy, big statement. Muy impressivo. Big statement. Yes. And again, we have a big reach uh, difference between the two. But Souza has looked phenomenal. He has, and if all of a sudden he's, he's got. Yeah. he's always had good striking. But all of a sudden, like, he's sticking with the striking first. Like, oh, yeah. I, I realize I'm possibly the best jujitsu player in the UFC ever. Yeah. So I'm just gonna keep that in my back pocket and go ahead and throw hands. Yeah. <laughs> but I will. I will say that. His last fight against Weidman. Weidman is a phenomenal wrestler. Oh, sure. No, I know. It's so it's a smart thing to do. So we kind of like wrestler, grappler. Let's just strike. <laughs> let's just beat the shit out of it. And man, was it an it. it was amazing fight. Great fight. And uh, Souza has, particularly since going to his new team, mm -hmm. he's looked amazing. He has, you know, his cardio is looking a lot better. Yes. His head movement is so much better. Uh, he is susceptible to the low kick, and he's very predictable in what he does. He has a certain moves that he does, and I feel like that's where Weidman kind of capitalized a little bit. Like, on the low kick, mm -hmm. he was able to counter him straight away. Or he does certain things, and he doesn't change it up very much. So he's able to get counted, particularly someone who, like Jack Hermanson, is so creative. Mm -hmm. He is so tenacious on everything he does. The only thing I worry about is him respecting Sousa too much and respecting the power that he has and hesitating a little bit. Yeah, because Jack Hermanson, I mean, some of his best work is on the mat. Yeah. But man, wouldn't that be crazy? If, I mean, that what you couldn't get a better feather in your cap if he was able to... <sighs> Submit shock. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, but that would be yeah, amazing. Yeah. One of the things I find interesting about Hermanson is he has this. Now, again, this is the thing where you have to say, who did he do this to? But it's still an impressive stat in and amongst itself. He has four fights in the UFC where he has kept his opponent to one strike or zero. Four fights he has completely shut down his opponent to where they haven't even landed. They've landed one or zero punches. Well, then. <laughs> That is quite an ability. Yeah. That is, that is still hard to do. It's extremely hard to do. It's a, I mean, that in and of itself is kind of a uniquely underrated... Statistic. Statistic. And it's not just that he's shooting right off the bat. Yeah. No. He, just does a, he just does a good job of shutting down the other person's game. Um, the only, uh, I guess, I would say Tiago Santos is a little similar. Mm -hmm. In striking stop, maybe he's a little bit more creative and he has a lot more tools striking-wise than Souza. But I feel like power-wise, they could be similar. Souza's huge. He's a big... Uh, he's, I remember seeing him in Kansas City 
at the open workouts. I was like, I how the fuck do you make 185? I know, I know. this is massive. Uh, but I think I would say Sousa and Tiago Santos are kind of have simil similarities. Mm -hmm. And when Hermanson fought Santos, he, he did have issues with that power. Yeah. And he did have issues with the leg kicks. And he did have issues with the pressure. Yeah. And I know he and I know that And Sousa will get hit and keep walking forward. Yes. Yeah. That guy's hard to put away. And if you look at his fight against Weidman, you know, his nose was completely busted he up. He took a lot of damage and, in that fight. And he was breathing through his mouth, but it spoke to his cardio that like he was still coming forward and was still so active and he is becoming like such a shark when he smells like his opponent breaking yeah. because even though they're in the third round his output was phenomenal he just went to town yeah on Weidman and Weidman like it exudes ex blah 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 <laughs> it's exhausting when someone just walks you down, you can't stop it. Yeah. I mean, you, when you, you throw look, everything at them and they're just like, no, I'm going to you look at the court. people that he's beaten in recent history, Wideman by TKO, Brunson by TKO. Um, you got the submission over uh, Boach, but he's got, you know, ground pound victory over Vitor. Like, he's, he is, he's knocking people out is what he's doing as of late, which is pretty impressive. I just, I, Jack Hermanson has so many cool tricks, but I just don't know... This is a huge step up. Like, I guess David Branch was too, though. Yeah. I probably said that in the last video. Yeah. And look what he did. Yeah. So I think here, Hermanson cannot let Sousa go first. Mm -hmm. He cannot let Sousa dictate where this fight goes or initiate the exchanges. He has to stop that. And that's going to be and constant movement. And Hermanson does a very good job. Like, he moves very well. I think the in and out movement here, uh, constantly cutting angles, is what's going to help him uh, keep that range. Uh, and man, you cannot sleep on Sousa for one second. No, you can't. He, like, he is dangerous at any moment. He is. The good, Jack Hermanson, I'm just sorry, I'm just reading through some of his stats. He has, so he's got 64% striking defense, which is the second best among active 185ers. So he's got good sound uh, striking defense. Yes. And he's got good takedown defense. Yeah. But Sousa's takedown ratio is ridiculous. Yeah. In his past 20 fights, Sousa's takedown ratio is 38 to 4. Yeah. Good luck. And I think, too, is Sousa does a very good job of making it a brawl. Mm -hmm. He drags you into that deep end, and even though he's tired, he's like, you're tired too, so it works in his favor. Mm -hmm. Because he can fight tired. Not a lot of people can, particularly technically, like technical fighters, stay technical. Yep. Stay technical when they are tired and this is a five-round fight. Jack Hermanson has only been to a decision four times in his entire career. Like, even with all his, like, wins and losses. Like, four times over 23 fights. And Jacare has the fourth most finishes in middleweight history. So, again, probably not going to the judges. Again, this is, so this is <laughs> why we wanted to pick these three fights, because I feel like it's they're both interesting fights. Mm -hmm. Both guys, and each of them have clear pass to victory or it's just a pick and fight or it's like who's going to be tougher <laughs> i don't know i hate this whole big egg thing you should just stop doing it i know you probably get so mad though uh 
I want Hermanson to win just because, like, I want, like, this is the young up and comer. But I have a feeling Souza is going to get the win. If it makes you feel better, I subconsciously agree with you. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but yes, that is uh, UFC. Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> it's in the South, but they don't really have an accent there in Florida. That's okay. But yeah. yes, we will. Uh, <laughs> You're like, that's okay. I'll use it anyway. Yeah. I'll use it when I want to. We'll uh, see you next week, guys. Yeah, how many weeks out are you? From Three Rochester. and a half. Yeah, getting close. Getting yep. close. And by the way, to address the whole setup, okay, I meant to do this at the top of the show. We are aware, okay, that this sucks. We're aware. She's busy. I'm busy. We're working on it. Sorry to tease that it was going to get way better and that it didn't. Something fell through for a minute there, but it is coming. Just be patient. At some point, we will get our act together a little bit more. And thank you for your patience in the meantime and for sticking with us. <laughs> Through our phone audio. Gonna get my life together. Yeah. Yeah. My shit together. Correct. All right.